0: Hello and welcome to the Open Cloud Infrastructure Podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Siegman, and today is Monday, March 20th, 2023. And this is episode six with these topics How hrefs saved $400 million in three years by not going to the cloud, AWS lays off another 9,000, Kubernetes and cloud native operations survey, listener feedback from the podcast and YouTube. How HREFs saved $400 million in three years by not going to the cloud. 37 Signals wasn't the first company to complain about the very high cost of cloud, and they won't be the last. Case in point this week is Singaporean company HREFs coming with a real banger and stating that they saved $400 million in expenses by not going to the cloud. Here's their methodology for arriving at that number. Quote, Ahrefs has a rented co-location data center in Singapore with a rather homogeneous infrastructure. So we decided to consolidate all the costs spent for this data center, divide them by the number of servers and compare them to the cost of a similar installation in the Amazon Web Services cloud." End quote. Now you can probably spot immediately what they left out of the calculation and that's staff, but we'll get to that later. Let's first learn about the infrastructure they use. Quote, most of the servers are relatively new and bought in 2020. Those are boxes with 2TB of RAM, 16-15TB hard drives and high CPU core count. We don't know what the vendor is, but let's assume AMD. In order to arrive at monthly cost per server, they assumed a usable lifetime of five years per server. So that means they divide the price paid for each server by 60 and voila, that's the monthly hardware cost. Now we need to add rent for the co-location facility, some connectivity cost for IP transit and fibers, and we arrive at $1,025 for a server plus $540. $24 $24 for power, rent, IP connectivity, network hardware, and the likes. So in total, we get a price of 1550 for a box in the data center lit up. For comparison, Hrefs looked at AWS, and they maxed out at 1TB RAM and half the CPU cores. So it's not really an apples-to-apples apples comparison, and they simply multiplied the number of AWS instances required by a factor of 2 to make it equal. When you commit to three years at AWS, your instances get the lowest possible price, and that's what HRFs used for comparison. Next up is storage. When you own the servers and they have uh, internal storage, that's what you typically use. And in the AWS case, Elastic Block Storage, EBS, specifically GP3, is used. The cost for that storage is the combination of IOPS and storage size. But that's not all. AWS also charges per gigabyte downloaded and that's different from co-location where you pay for the bandwidth used overall, it's not a separate line item. To arrive at a comparable number, HREFs assumed a certain number of gigabytes for downloads and arrived at $464 for downloads, $11,486 for EBS, and $5,607 for EC2 to compute, totaling roughly $17,500 per machine. Now, if you recall, they paid $1550 for a server in colo, including all that. That makes AWS 11.3 times more expensive! That is a big enough number to be very challenging to make palatable to a CEO or CTO or CFO. Is it really an apples to apples comparison though? Does it include all of what AWS offers? Well, let's see. Efim Mirochnik, author of the blog post, admits that some information is just too complicated to add, such as staff. He writes, big companies, Fang in particular, vacuumed the job market for many years. They had been hiring engineers to run their enormous data centers and infrastructure, leaving only a few for smaller companies. But with the mass layoffs in big tech in recent months, this may be an opportunity to reevaluate the approach to the cloud. Consider a reverse migration from the cloud and hire seasoned professionals of the data center world. Talent is now global, but I doubt that a Seattle based engineer will work for significantly lower wages in Singapore dollars. FM has a good piece of advice, though, which perfectly fits with my bottom-up principle of owning and understanding infrastructure. Quote, and if you start a new company, consider buying a rack and server and putting them in your basement. That might improve your sustainability from day one. Well, that's good timing. Now let's hear the next bit of news. AWS lays off another 9,000. Like we just heard from FM of Hrefs, the recent mass layoffs in the industry make for a better scenario to hire cloud talent. The Hammoth Amazon, employing about 1.6 million people in 2022, will add over 9,000 people to that talent pool shortly. CEO Andy Jassy said in a memo to staff on Monday, today, that as a part of the second phase of our operating plan, OP2, this past week, I'm writing to share that we intend to eliminate about 9,000 more positions in the next few weeks, mostly in AWS, PXT, advertising and Twitch. Amazon already eliminated 18,000 positions in January, so this makes it about 1.5% of the total workforce. But surprisingly, AWS is affected too, Has Amazon peaked and are they feeling the margin pinch? Probably, I'd say. I'm curious to hear which services Amazon will sunset in the following weeks or months. After a period of unlimited growth, it's only natural that some services aren't worth running and we're about to find out which those will be soon. The Kubernetes and Cloud Native Operations Survey. Admit it, you have tried to buy a Raspberry Pi 4 now for a long time and have given up, like me. Playing the lottery might be a winning strategy here, so why don't you try entering the Kubernetes and Cloud Native Operations Survey and kill two birds with one stone. You might actually win not one, but four raspberries in a cluster, neatly stacked in a mini-rack. As well, you will be contributing to a more true assessment of the current state of the cloud-native landscape and Kubernetes. Let's look at three of the findings from the 2022 report. More than 83% of respondents told us they're using either hybrid or multi-cloud. 29% of respondents run their applications on a combination of bare-metal VMs and Kubernetes. 38% of respondents suggest that security is the most important consideration when operating Kubernetes, building container images, or defining an edge strategy. As you read further down in the report, we also get the definite answer for DevOps versus Platform Engineering. It's DevOps with 37% and Platform Engineering with 22%. I am glad that's settled now. Let's switch context here real quick and look at what the Google 2022 State of DevOps report says with regards to cloud usage. The percentage of people reporting the use of public cloud is now 76%, up from 56% in 2021. The number of people reporting no cloud usage at all dropped to just 10.5%, down from 21% last year. Hybrid cloud usage is up 25% to 42.5%. We also saw a small increase in the use of private cloud to 32.5%, up from last year's reporting of 29%. Comparing those numbers reveals one big difference, and that's the percentage of users of hybrid cloud. Google polls at 42.5%, Canonical polls at 83%. Which is the more accurate number? It's an interesting question. The Google respondent makeup makes me wonder. 16% of respondents are working for companies with more than 10,000 employees. Those tend to have a more mature strategy than smaller organizations. What are you thinking? Will you enter the competition? Let me know via a comment on Mastodon. Listener feedback from the podcast and YouTube. I absolutely love listener feedback, and it's really nice to hear from you. Thank you to YBaumY at digitalcourage.social, who asks a question in regards to workload portability between mainframes and public cloud. Question. Isn't binary compatibility an issue when it comes to moving workloads between mainframes and public cloud? Slash providers? Question mark. End quote. While it's true that you can't just copy an executable binary from ZOS to x86 architecture, it's in the end just another platform option like ARM or Power. The magic happens in the CI-CD platform, where you define the target build platform. For example, IBM Z DevOps solutions and GitLab can complement each other to provide a complete experience for a modern development methodology on mainframe. GitLab's CI-CD feature allows the execution of pipelines targeting Z systems. IBM Z DevOps products, such as IBM Developer for ZOS, DBB, or Urban Code Deploy, can be integrated into ci CICD pipelines. Check out the video link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. That's it for today. I appreciate your time and check back in two weeks for another episode of Open Cloud Infrastructure. If you like this show, recommend it to a friend. Follow me on Mastodon as ssegman at infosec.exchange. The music in this program is licensed from Audio Jungle. Head over to my YouTube channel where you can check out the installation videos and how I set up my lab. Hop on over to YouTube and find me as Open Cloud Infrastructure. See you soon.